Good morning, church. Our world is more united than any time in my life. All over the globe, we are united in a battle against a virus, searching for a cure for this vaccine we need, hoping for a victory in the war against sickness and death. And this Easter morning, over 2.3 billion believers from all over the world are united in celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're not searching for a savior. We're not hoping for a victory. We've been given a victory through Jesus Christ. For 2000 years, the church has given this historic greeting. He is risen. And the church responds, he is risen indeed. I invite you wherever you are this morning to respond to this historic greeting. He is risen with, he is risen indeed. For the first time in 2000 years, we are worshiping outside of our sanctuaries. I saw this week that in Jerusalem, the church of the Holy Sepulchre was locked. The doors were shut for the first time since 1349. This is the site of Jesus' crucifixion, the site of his empty tomb. It was closed in 1349 because of the Black Death or the bubonic plague. And now because of the coronavirus, it is shut. Our sanctuaries may be closed, but Easter is not canceled. Our churches may be empty, but so is the tomb. This morning, we realize that people are worshiping the resurrected Jesus Christ in homes, in nursing homes, in waiting rooms, in hospitals, all over the world. And yet we still celebrate because of God's gift for a cure for the curse of sin and death. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We spent the last six weeks on a sermon series called Tension. And Paul tackles the tension of the early church in 1 Corinthians in his letter to Corinth. These words from 1 Corinthians 15, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless. Your faith is useless. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. We celebrate that this morning. In this war against the coronavirus, we keep hearing about a game changer. Each day we wake up thinking maybe today is a game changer, but Easter, my friends, is about the grave changer, the one who resurrected from the dead, who defeated the curse of sin and death. Hundreds of years before Jesus came to walk upon the earth, the prophet Isaiah shared these words from Isaiah 53. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us, we thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We all, like sheep, who wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own things, gone our own way, and God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him, on him. He was beaten, he was tortured, 
but he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered, a beaten, beaten and bloody for the sins of my people. Jesus Christ did all of that for us so that on Easter we can celebrate resurrection and new life. The scientists say that one of the most promising cures for the coronavirus is a plasma treatment. That's whenever we take the blood from someone who has recovered from the virus and place that plasma into a person who is sick with the virus. It reminds me of a story I heard this week, maybe a parable about a little boy whose sister was very sick. The doctor told him that he could save his sister's life if he shared some of his blood. You see, she had a disease that two years earlier her young brother had recovered from. And she needed the blood from someone who had recovered from this disease so she, she could find new life. They had the both, they both had the same rare blood type and he was the best option. So the doctor bent down to the little boy and said, Johnny, are you willing to give some of your blood so that your sister can find health and live. His lips started trembling, his eyes got teary, and then he said very hesitantly, okay. Both of the kids were wheeled into the operating room. Mary was pale and thin, and Johnny was full of life and color and robust. Neither spoke, but then their eyes met and they smiled. And then they began to siphon Johnny's blood into Mary's body. You could almost see an instant change in her as her complexion changed, vitality and life entered her body. When it was almost over, Johnny looked up to the doctor and said, Doc, when am I going to die? It was then the doctor realized that Johnny thought he was going to give his life for his sister, but he was only sharing a portion of his plasma with her. My friends, on this Easter we remember that Jesus chose to give his life for the sins of the world, that his blood was shed for my sins and for your sins, to wash the sins away. He became our cure. Romans 3.25 says, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Today on this Easter Sunday, you can be made right with God by believing in Jesus Christ, by receiving Jesus Christ into your life because he came to shed his blood for you and for me. The vaccine the world is searching for, for the coronavirus, is provisional. By that I mean it's, it's, it's temporary because there's going to be other viruses, there's going to be other diseases, there's going to be need for new vaccines and new treatments. But this cure that Jesus has given to us, this vaccine is permanent. And if you receive Jesus Christ into your life, your sins are washed away. They're forgotten. The Bible says they're spread as far as the East is to the West. And this vaccine that Jesus gives you, this cure that, came, that comes from the cross and came from an empty tomb is permanent. It's eternal. You can believe and receive that today. You know, the world is fighting a virus searching for a cure and hoping for a victory. But yet Christians all over the world have already received a victory. We're celebrating a cure. 
I wanted to read to you what Paul uh, wrote in 1 Corinthians 15. He said this, our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thanks be to God, thanks be to God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God for the victory we have in Jesus Christ. This victory is yours today. As we look back at the life of the disciples, the followers of Jesus, we know that they were in quarantine. They were in despair. They were defeated. They were without hope. They were afraid that they too were going to die because of following Jesus. But then they received a visit from the resurrected Lord. And what a transformation that happened in their lives. I believe it's one of the evidences of the reality of the resurrection. They saw Jesus face to face, transformed. They saw the nail scars in his hands, in his feet, and they believed. And what happened for them is they received forgiveness. They received restoration. They had abandoned Jesus at his death, but Jesus came to forgive them. Today, he comes to forgive you. You know, our greatest need was forgiveness, and forgiveness is God's greatest accomplishment. Their fear was replaced by faith. They received a holy boldness to share this vaccine, this person of Jesus with the whole world. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and received a, a power, a passion, and a purpose. Today, you can have power in your life. You can have a new passion. You can discover your purpose. They also had a future. They no longer were afraid of death because they believed in the resurrection. Throughout history, when plagues have come upon the earth, when diseases have caused great death, Christians have stood out because Christians aren't afraid of death. We don't want to die right now, but we know that when death comes, we will have resurrection and eternal life. These disciples also received fellowship. They, they knew they weren't alone. There were believers all around them. At first there was 120, but then they multiplied, exploded all over Israel, all over the world. And then my friends, they were furnished with a testimony. They had a story of the greatest gift that God could give. You know, they told the story how God took the greatest tragedy and transformed it into the greatest triumph. Today, if you feel like your life is a tragedy, you can find triumph. Our God specializes in turning tragedy into triumph. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, we read these words near the end of Paul's letter. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever wasted. Be strong, church. Be immovable. During this time of crisis, work for the Lord. Share this good news. Share the vaccine. Wouldn't it be a great tragedy if some country in the world discovered the vaccine for the coronavirus and then didn't share it? What a tragedy it would be with, if the United States, with all of our scientific research, discover the cure, discover the vaccine, 
and we don't share it. I believe an even greater tragedy is when we don't share God's vaccine. We don't share God's cure, which is found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that we celebrate here on Easter Sunday. Nothing you do for the Lord will be wasted. Nothing you do will be useless. I wanna challenge Mount Horeb for the next 40 days to a time of prayer. We're entering into the 40 days of called the Ascension, where we celebrate that Jesus spent 40 days preparing the disciples for their mission, for their purpose. And I believe that the church is being prepared for what God has next. We don't know what the world's gonna look like uh, after this coronavirus passes, but God is getting us ready for a great purpose, to share a great story, a great testimony. So during these 40 days, I wanna call the church to pray for revival to pray for repentance, to pray for recovery, to pray for reconciliation. We'll be posting uh, uh, prayer prompts on social media each day so that you can join us in praying for what God is about to do, what God is going to unleash in our world. You know, the spikes on the coronavirus gives the virus its name. Corona, which is Latin for crown, in the Greek, corona means wreath or crown. And this coronavirus crown has brought fear, has brought anxiety, has brought suffering, has brought death into the world. As Christians, we remember that on Good Friday, Jesus took upon his head a crown of thorns, a crown of thorns that represented our sins, represented our hopelessness, represented our fears, represented our diseases, represented our death. And Jesus took this crown and placed it on his head so that he could give us not a crown of thorns, but give us the crown of life. He has come to give you the crown of life. I love what James 1, 2 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing. And man, are we in the middle of testing who patiently endure testing and temptation, afterwards they will receive the crown of life that God promises to those who love him. When Jesus was speaking to the church at Smyrna in Revelation chapter two, he said this, but if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Now, Revelation also says that one day, when you and I stand before Jesus Christ, we will lay down our crowns because we will crown him the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. On this Easter morning, in defiance of the coronavirus, I ask you to lift your hands with me and declare that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. All hell, King Jesus, he is risen. He is risen indeed. All hell, the savior of the world, he is risen. He is risen indeed. It is my prayer that this will be our best Easter ever because God is preparing us for something great, just like he prepared those disciples to go and change the world. Church, he wants us to be a part of changing this world and sharing the good news of God's love. Let me pray with you right now. Our gracious God, we thank you for Jesus Christ. 
we thank you that the tomb is empty, that you have given us a cure for the curse of sin and death, that you have come into our life to bring triumph out of tragedy. And Father God, I pray right now for that person that is listening, that feels like their life is a tragedy, that is in the midst of despair and doubt, that if right now we confess our sins to you, if we ask Jesus Christ to forgive us, if we believe that he was crucified on a cross for us, believe that he resurrected from the dead, we can have new life. We can discover a new purpose, a new passion. I pray right now for that person. And Father God, that you would use each of us to share the good news of resurrection, to share the hope of a cure for the curse of sin and death. Father, I thank you for the church. I pray that you would use your church all over the world to be ready to, to change the world, to be used to transform tragedy into triumph. Lord God, bless us on this Easter Sunday. Give us strength, give us courage, give us peace, and may we walk in holy boldness and holy confidence in the resurrected Jesus. Amen and amen. May God bless you. May God keep you. And may God's face always shine upon you as we continue our worship on this Easter Sunday. God bless you.